One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowl and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowl and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Every year, as Ramadan approaches, many in the Muslim community turn into pseudo-astronomers and classical scholars. Every punter on WhatsApp has something to say about the moon, where it was sighted and why this country or another are wrong. Of course, this comes from a good place. We all know that the Prophet ﷺ ordered us to sight the moon as a condition for starting and ending Ramadan, and we all strive to perfect our ibadat. But there is something farcical about the debates. It has become a metaphor for our broader divisions. You can have two countries in the same region declaring Ramadan on different days and sometimes, as is found in the West, two people on the same street or in the same community on different days of the calendar when it comes to Ramadan. When I was younger, the phrase, when did you start Ramadan, was a way of establishing which mosque your companion followed. Countless hours of my youth were spent debating the merits and demerits of international versus local sighting, calculations versus direct sight. My guest this week is Ustad Iyad Hilal. He is an Islamic scholar and is soon to publish the third edition of his popular Usul al-Fiqh book, aimed at English-speaking Muslims. He has spent years studying the topic of moon sighting and argues that in origin, a lot of debates about what constitutes sighting have been subject to differences between the classical scholars for centuries. To insist on one way, as some Islamic groups do, in the absence of a caliphal authority that resolves disputes comes from a very shallow understanding of the lawfulness of differences of opinion in Islam. He argues that it is perfectly natural for there to be differences of interpretation of text and that the correct way is to accept the differences with adab and civility. In other words, there is no problem in having differences of opinion when it comes to Ramadan and moon sighting, as long as it's based on a sincere reading of the Islamic sources of law. Uh, Ustad Iyad Hilal, Jazakallah uh, khair for joining us today. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Thanks for inviting me for this. 
No, Jazakallah Khair. And uh, it's, a, it's a very interesting discussion. And every year, of course, uh, Muslims are engaged in debates about moon sighting. Now, we've seen year on year, there's a controversy around the sighting of the moon for Ramadan and Eid. And I just want to clarify the Islamic position on the issue. And also, I, I suppose I want to clarify uh, how can we move on um, from this topic in order for it to not be a cause of division within our community? So firstly, can I ask, we know that in Islam there are definitive matters um, that are not subject to interpretation. And then there are matters which are subject to some level of interpretation, and of course, within uh, the correct Islamic limits. How do we view the subject of moon sighting? Is it a definitive issue in the deen or is it an issue that scholars have had a dispute over? Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. First of all, the issue of uh, fasting is definitive. Fasting Ramadan is definitive. There are some exceptions for the sick or for, for the traveler. But the fact that we have to fast in Ramadan, not any month else, this is qat'i, this is definitive. Fasting in any other months or any other days is sunnah. The question regarding moon sighting or how to define the beginning of Ramadan is not definitive. There is room for more than one view. So it is what I call vanni, uh, not definitive uh, issue. And in the Ahkam Sharia, uh, you don't need a conclusive evidence. You don't need qat'i evidence. Uh, uh, an evidence that is less than qat'i, that has room for more than one probability, is accepted. So we need to realize in this issue regarding the moon sighting and its related matters, it's not a qat'i issue. We don't have to agree, all of us, as ummah deciding to fast in this day or that day, that is the authority of the central political authority of the ummah, which is the khilafah or the imama or, or the ruler. To unite Muslims, the khalifa would ask all people, okay, this is the sighting or this is in this day, so and so, we will start Ramadan. But for me, if I have another view, I'm entitled to uh, keep my you know my view and even talk to people about it but as a matter of practice Ramadan will start whether I agree with the view or not that's why some jurists said that if a person saw the moon and his sighting was not accepted by the Qadi or by the Imam he has to fast with the with the people let me clarify uh, well two questions really in Islamic history was that the uh, the the way it was done? So, uh, in in the long duration of of Islamic history, when the Khalifa, when the Imam made a decision, all of the Muslims would abide by that, even if it differs with their own view. And 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 secondly, I suppose uh, you said that this is a matter which is dhanni, which is based on, uh, which is not a definitive issue. Uh, so am I right in saying there's been debates amongst Muslim scholars from uh, the classical ulema uh, who differed on uh, the the issues surrounding uh, the the moon sighting and and its its rules? Let me 
answer the first question first. In the past, communication was not as today. So practically speaking, even if the Khalifa decides on this day, this will not be reaching to all people in all areas. Different than in the Hajj. In the Hajj, when you cite the Hijjah, still you have nine days for Arafah. So you can reach people within those nine days from Baghdad to Morocco. So that was practical uh, practice, not because of each area wants their own moon sighting. But also there was an incident. Kraib came uh, to Medina. There was a discussion about the moon sighting. When did it start? So did it start today? Did it start the other day? So uh, Kuraib says that Umm uh, al-Fadl sent him to Muawiyah uh, in, in Bilad al-Sham. He was the, the caliph there. So he says, فَقَدِمْتُ sham I went to a sham to where Muawiyah is, and I fulfilled uh, what she wanted me to do. And Ramadan came while I was in, 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 in the sham there. So I saw the moon uh, Friday night. And then I came to Medina at the end of the month. So Abdullah ibn Abbas asked me uh, about the Hilal. He said, when did you see the moon? He told him we saw it in the night of Jumu'ah. He told him, did you see it? He said, yes, I saw it. And even people saw it. And Wasamu, Wasama Muawiyah. And they fasted and Muawiyah fasted. فقال, Abdullah ibn Abbas, but we saw him in the night of Saturday. So we will continue fasting until we finish 30, 30, 30 days or we'll see it in reference to the month of Shawwal. So he told him, wouldn't you be sufficient with the sighting of Muawiyah? He told him, no, similar to this, Rasulullah ordered us. This hadith is authentic, and the people who promote local sighting uh, accept it. Actually, this is the view of Abdullah ibn Abbas. The proponents of moon, uh, global sighting said, wait a minute, the statement of ibn Abbas, he didn't say, Amarana Rasulullah, that Rasulullah ordered us to do so. But rather he said, Hakada Amarana, similar to this. So he ordered us. So it tells you that there was a debate about moon sight, global sighting and local sighting. And here it is in Medina and uh, in, in uh, Bilat al-Sham, which is same geographical area, not as an example, Baghdad or Bilad al-Sham and, and, and Morocco, two, two different continents, but rather in the same, in the same era, we see that there was difference. And it didn't uh, bother at all. It didn't disturb the situation because both sides realized uh, the hukum shari, that this is not qat'i issue. So if you want to take your view, you are entitled to do it. If you want to take the, the uh, view of Muawiyah, you are entitled to. But also, it tells us that at that time, it looks like the Khalifa Muawiyah did not 
impose, didn't announce, didn't declare that tomorrow is Ramadan, which is fine also because the, the jurisdiction of the Khalifa, it, it can be changed based on the situation, based on the time. So even now, if the Khalifa wants to leave it to every area to decide on their own, they can, if he wants to unify, in one day he can. Okay, great. So I understand that this hadith that you've just quoted, uh, it proves that at the time of uh, Khalif Muawiyah, there was a difference of opinion in relation to moon sighting. And once Sahabi accepted that local sighting of the moon was perfectly acceptable, uh, as opposed to other Sahaba who had an inclination towards a more global moon sighting and all Muslims should abide by the moon sighting of uh, any geographical area. Okay, I, un I understand that. And so what about the scholars of Islamic history? What was the predominant opinion amongst the classical ulema? Scholars, yes, the scholars regarding sighting, they have major, majority of them, main school, schools, actually, they said sighting the moon. They're, they're, and they differed on how to prove, to establish the sighting. How, how many witnesses? Uh, what about if it is cloudy? Can we fast what they call it? Yom al-Shak. If today is Sha'ban, and we are not sure today is the last day of Sha'ban 30 or, or Ramadan. So some people said it's fast just in case to make sure. So they say no fasting Yom al-Shak is different. Uh, there are differences on this, and the right opinion is actually no, you don't fast uh, the, the doubt, the, the doubt day. But there is also even a discussion down the road after that uh, on uh, calculations. Some jurists accepted the calculations in the past. I'm talking traditional scholars. All of these issues, none of them is definitive. That's, that's the point. There are, there are different istihads on this. In the presence of the Islamic authority, it will be fine. In the absence of the Islamic authority, it will be something we have to deal with until uh, we find there, there will be a solution for this. M many of my listeners would, would um, uh, want to understand that last statement a little further. So you've said in the presence of an Islamic authority. Now, uh, would the uh, rulers in the Muslim world, would they qualify, or the scholars even in the Muslim world, would they qualify as an Islamic authority? So, for example, if the... Uh, the, the heads of the ulama in Pakistan uh, decided upon a day, would it be mandatory on all Muslims of Pakistan to follow uh, that committee? Who well, I meant by the Islamic authority, the legitimate Islamic authority, the Khilafah, Wulat al-Amr. That's what I mean. But uh, again, today, uh, with the political division, every area thinks that the ruler is uh, the legitimate and they have to follow. Do you want to, to argue with people on each and every single issue on this? Do you have even the power to convince all people on, based on unified view? Practically, no, you don't. Now, uh, like I said, by de facto, people will follow the ifta in their country, usually. Some people try to follow ittihad al-matani'ah. You mean global sighting? But they will not be actually to, to, to unite people. They will not be able. 
to unite people based on this uh, this view. Okay, practically speaking, you will see the division. Every country or every area decides to fast on what they think that it is legitimate. Their mufti, their ruler, their jamiyatul ulama, or so on. Some will cross this line and uh, decide to fast based on ittihadul mataliq, global. But even though, though this, are they going to be able now in current situation to unite people on this so that everyone will fast in one day? No, they will not be able to do it. Let's be practical. Should we make it a, a problem, a point of division between uh, people, keep insisting on it? No, I think it shouldn't be. The education should go beyond then uh, the hukum shari regarding how to establish the beginning of Ramadan. If you want to unite Muslims, then talk to them about the meaning of the, the unity. When is it a must? And when is it allowed for us to have different, different uh, opinions? So unity is not a fard in each and every single aspect of life. And we know that Harun Rashid, I think, asked Imam Malik to uh, impose al-Muatta upon people, unify people around the, the, the jurisdiction of the Abbasi Caliphate uh, around al-Muatta to, to, to apply what is there. And Malik refused. He told him no. So we need to realize that there are certain issues in which we have to be united. No doubt. And there are certain issues that tolerate difference. And citing the moon or citing the moon versus calculation or global citing versus local citing, now it is a matter that uh, tolerates difference. If later on, their Muslims, uh, Muslim authority is restore, restored and got their uh, power and their authority and the Khalifa will uh, decide to, if the constitution allows him to, 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 uh, to decide on this, to adopt a certain day, then he can do, the, do that. But, but that was so the Khalifa adopting is very much for a political purpose. But in yeah, origin, the that's true. in origin, the uh, the Sharia uh, states that this is uh, subject to ikhtilaf, difference of opinion, and a Muslim should show um, acceptance and toleration towards differences of views. But then, why is it today this particular issue is so vexing in our communities? Um, uh, we always find at the beginning of Ramadan and at the end of Ramadan there will be uh, there would be tensions sometimes within a community and, and between mosques in in one particular area and uh, now with the advent of social media uh, you know we would see no end of discussion about the moon sighting um, uh, I, you know c can you explain why this is, has become such a problem if it's just you know, uh, subject to difference of opinion. First of all, it is natural if you are convinced with an opinion to try to call people to it and ask people to abide by it. But at the same time, if you give yourself the right to do so, you have to give also the others 
the right to pick and choose because you don't have authority to, 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 to impose. That's fine, communicate, educate, but at the same tolerance. There are some groups looking at it as political issue. They think that they can unite people, uh, the ummah, to lead the ummah towards their objective. But they are not doing it right. It, uh, they are leading, uh, doing it in such a way that it is leading to more conflict, dispute, to more division. Great. So let, let's get into the details here about the moon sighting and the acceptable differences that may exist within the Sharia. So let's start with uh, the, the use of technology. Uh, so we understand that the, the sighting of the moon is primarily built on the hadith, which states that uh, we should observe the moon, uh, the crescent, to establish the start of the lunar month. Uh, now, does this evidence definitively exclude the use of technology, telescopes and binoculars, for example? Uh, and does it exclusively state that uh, the sighting of the moon should be only through the naked eye? Regarding the first question, this hadith is khabar ahad. So by de facto, it's not definitive in excluding uh, other means. The ones who are calling for calculations, they are required at the same time to present their view and to present their evidence for this. They will tell you ru'yati, it can mean, ru'ya can mean to know about it, versus to see it. And they say, the ayah, he who uh, knows about the month, let them fast. So uh, if you know about it, and you know about the month uh, through sighting or through uh, calculations. So there is, that's the point. This, none of these views is qat'i. Now, regarding naked eye, the hadith talks about citing it. But do you have to use, uh, as an example, telescopes? You don't have to, but if you use it, it's allowed. Uh, I know in one experience, uh, a local masjid, you know, asked uh, us to go uh, in a plane, there was a brother in the community who was pilot, so they rent, he rented a plane, small plane, and three of uh, four of us, him and three other brothers from the community, and they want me to be with them. I told them I'm, I already decided. So what do you need me to 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 go uh, in the air and say? You know, we went and we didn't see it, and when we landed. We went there, we drove to the masjid, and they saw. They said, we saw it. They saw it, and we didn't see it. So you don't have to do this. There is qaida, maxim, in Islamic fiqh. Allah did not intend to put burden on you. In the hadith of the Prophet, if I instruct you to do something, do it based on your ability. I don't have to go at, uh, drive 90 miles to go to an observatory to observe the moon. I don't need to fly. I don't need even to bring uh, any other optical means. I just look. If I saw it, that's fine. If I didn't see it, that's fine. So I don't insist on naked eye at the same time on naked eye. That's the point. Danny. It's not your view that exists in the world. Islamic fuqa is diverse. 
and there are certain issues that have room for more than uh, one view and this is one also whether optical using optical means or observatory telescope or more or just naked eye all of them i look at them at the same level if you want to do it do it that's fine if it is uh, available and you want to do it that's fine and if you don't want to do it uh, but, but rather uh, use naked eye that's fine but don't if you are using naked eye don't fight with the one who wants to go and look at it through a telescope give room for different views and what about the use of calculations so uh, we know that the science has now progressed to such a level that we can we can probably predict uh, to or calculate to to very near certainty when the moon will be born and uh, how plausible it is that the moon will be sighted in any one place in the world. Uh, can any of this science be used uh, to replace uh, moon sighting? Okay, in the past, like you said, I mentioned in the past, I think Subki from among the chefs is accepted the calculations. So the accepting, accepting the calculation is not an alien idea. It's there, it has validity. At least you see their point. Maybe you disagree with it, so you, you don't abide by it, but at least see their point of view. That's, that's uh, the most important thing. So don't fight if someone wants to follow the calculations. Don't create a fighting with him for this. Regarding using it, it is according to this school, uh, recent scholars you have Sheikh Mustafa Zarqa accepted the calculation. Sheikh Yusuf Al-Qardawi said, I will use the calculation to evaluate the sighting reports. So he accepted in negating sighting report, not in establishing the beginning of Ramadan. Nafi lal-ithbat. He says because the hadith talk about the moon sightability, sighting the moon. So I will stick to this. Uh, Mustafa Zarqa looked at the evidences that, okay, uh, there are uh, issues that can be changed by time. And uh, this issue is one of them that can be changed by time. So how to decide the beginning of the moon when you are, e e when the life was easy, it's practical, it's known that, okay, you just look, go and see. If now we have more ways to, to, to decide and the eye is asking us to fast when we know about the moon, then this is one another way. So there is a point. Maybe I disagree with it, but at least I have to recognize that this is a point. This is a legitimate view. The point regarding the calculations, yes, as you mentioned, it is conclusive. They reach the moon based on these calculations. So it's not uh, something uh, uh, we are trying to, 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 to doubt. But the, 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 the accuracy of the calculations in which area? In the conjunction time, in the phases of the moon, in uh, the, the, the moon set every day, the quote-unquote moonrise. Uh, these things are conclusive. No doubt about this. But these calculations, how do you interpret them to decide whether tomorrow is Ramadan or not? This is not definitive because uh, citing criteria is different 
Some people would say we will not that, that if the moon is less than 13 hours in the, in, in, the, in the horizon, it cannot be seen. This fact, it cannot be seen. Is it fact? Is it definitive? And I had a discussion with one astronomer. He said, no, this is not, no, no, no one did you. It's most likely, yes, based on our statistics, most likely this will be. So it will not tell you when the moon will be seen. It will tell you most likely it will not be seen, actually, to be accurate. That's why those who follow calculations, there, there are two schools. One school says we want to follow the calculations once uh, it is declared by science, by calculation, that this is a conjunction time, you know, where the moon and the sun and the earth are in straight line. Once it moves a little bit after that, that's it. It's a new moon. A new moon born, uh, so it's a new month. Some people say no. And actually, I think Mrs. Ifta in, in Europe and the uh, Council in the United States, they adapted uh, view more accurate. They tell you we'll see how many hours, if the moon is enough, uh, spend enough time in the, in, the, in the horizon, enough to be seen, then, yeah, we'll decide, decide it. So I'm noticing, uh, I, I follow uh, moon sighting. I, follow, I don't follow calculations, but I'm, follow, I'm following also in the last few years, almost we are identical. But the first school, no, they can be in Turkey. I think they follow the first school. So there can be one day difference. Okay, what about Sheikh Kardawi's view? I mean, that's been my practice. If someone comes with a moon sighting on a day where the moon was not born uh, and it's impossible to see the moon uh, on that day because it was just a couple of hours uh, old, for example. What about that view, using the moon sighting to negate uh, an actual sighting? Regarding Sheikh Yusuf Qardawi's view, he'll tell you, look, if the calculations are telling me that today the moon will set before the sunset, and someone came in that day, I said, I saw the moon, I will not accept his testimony because it collided with the fact. And if the testimony collides with the fact, it will not be accepted. So he accept the moon calculation and uh, like he said, nafi in negating the testimony, negating the some news about it, not improving the entrance of the month. So the debate is there and each one has their view and the problem is when we, when we get into uh, this fighting, like the fighting of Democrats and Republicans in the U.S. politics, partisanship, what kills people. I mean, what's your uh, view on this? I mean, last year, for example, a friend of mine said to me that uh, it was the 29th day of Ramadan and um, uh, everyone was, uh, was going to finish Ramadan on the 30th and, and uh, complete the full complete month. Uh, but halfway through the day, he said that um, a sighting was uh, was was given, a testimony was given, even though that testimony came before the moon was born, uh, scientifically at least from calculations, the moon could not have been sighted on that day. Uh, he said it was an obligation for me to fast, or to break my fast, so that uh, I complete twenty nine days of Ramadan because. Uh, of that of that issue. I mean, what's your what's your view on this? My view, yes, is that this. If someone comes to me and tells me I saw the moon, this is khabar or even a testimony, shahada. 
whether you want to consider it khabar or shahada, even in the presence of the Islamic authority, the judge can reject any testimony if it conflicts with the reality. The judge is not bound to accept any testimony, even if they are just witnesses. Here, in this case, this report or this testimony collides with the reality. The reality is that there was no moon. Like we said, conjunction is qat'i. Okay? It's very much similar to if someone, if we saw the moon at the Fajr of Wednesday, if we saw it at the Fajr of Wednesday, it means what? That it is Sha'ban. Okay? And in the same day, Wednesday evening, someone came, came and saw, said, I saw the moon. It will not be Ramadan. We will not accept it. Because the moon will not sun, uh, rise twice in the same day. You know? So if he came and he said, I saw the moon, I will not accept his testimony. Why? Because we saw it on, on the Fajr time. And Fajr time means it's Sha'ban. It's still the old moon. It's not the new moon. So you are not to follow the report blindly. And those who insisted on that, they insisted on following the moon blindly. I, last year, like last year, what happened? And by the way, you don't have the authority to go and ask people and ask them to make an oath to accept their testimony. You are not a judge. You can ask them, but you don't have the authority to ask for the amin. And the Prophet ﷺ, we have the hadith of the Prophet that a, a man came on Ikrimah, on Ibn Abbas, قاله, he said, uh, a Bedouin came to Rasulullah and he told him, I saw the moon. He means Ramadan. So the Prophet asked him, he didn't know him, he came from outside Medina to Medina. So he told him, I saw the moon. So he told him, do you bear witness that there is no God but Allah and me, the messenger of Allah? He said, yes. So he told him, Qum ya Bilal, Stand up, Bilal, and now declare to people, let them fast tomorrow. He didn't ask him to make an oath. We are seeing it. He was trying to see it, Rasulullah It's the time to, to look at it. It's not the 28th of Sha'ban. It was the 29th of Sha'ban. So probably, probably and, uh, it can be. So he, he, did, did, he, he accepted his news because he didn't see any conflict with the reality. It doesn't mean we shouldn't take this hadith blindly. Here now we talk about knowingly. We know that the moon was not caught and caught born. According to the you know, casual uh, language. So if the moon was not born, uh, what did you see? And we know the reflection, the reflection and the uh, optical laws. How can you see things? You think that it is the, it is the moon. Like last year, I think they said Jupiter and, and Venus were uh, close to each other. So some, some of them tried to explain what did they see in, in Africa. So insisting that you know, to, to, tomorrow will be Ramadan, although the, 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 the report goes against all conclusive data. So here we are not, we are not comparing Qat'i versus Qat'i. We're comparing Vanni, which is citing the moon, versus Qat'i. The moon is not born. So if, the, if, if you have Qat'i conflicting with Vanni, you accept, you take the Qat'i. 
you don't take the money. This uh, was the opinion of Sheikh Husfil Qardawi, and I think this is the most correct opinion in this regard. That's why the Fuqaha said, if someone saw the moon and the Qadr didn't, didn't accept his testimony, even that person who saw the moon, he shouldn't fast. For us, you know, Salah and Zakah, and these are not rituals. I will insist, insist on it no matter what. These are ahkam sharia came with certain evidences and we, they need to be understood within certain context. And, and uh, let's talk about the witness uh, that uh, provides the evidence that they've seen the moon. Now, how do we determine the trustworthiness of the witness? Um, uh, is it as loose as to say that he is a Muslim and um, uh, one must accept uh, the testimony of any Muslim? Or are there other conditions that are attached to a witness? Well, in general, for the testimony, you need to have him as quote-unquote adl. Okay, but uh, is it, do you look at it as witnesses or do you want to look at it as news, carrying a news? If you look at it as carrying a news, did it establish for you a level of most likely it's correct, then you take it. Keep in mind that uh, the, the jurists uh, differed on the number, the number of witnesses needed uh, to establish the citability of the moon. Some people said uh, two. Hanafi and uh, Hanabila and one opinion of Shafi'i say it is one. One witness is good enough. For even if even if uh, the witness is, is a lady, you don't it doesn't have to be a male. And this is one difference among between Shafi'is and between Hanafis and others. They accept the testimony of woman alone inciting the moon. This is one view. This another view says no, they have to be two. But I, regarding the evidences which we have, we have two hadiths from the Prophet One hadith says Ibn Abbas, Ibn Umar said, and this is reported by Abu Dawood and others, that people looked, uh, tried to see the moon, Tara and Nasu Hilal. So I told, Akhbartu Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, I informed Rasulullah that I saw it. So he fasted and he ordered people to fast. And the other hadith which I mentioned earlier, that a Bedouin came from outside Medina. Rasulullah didn't verify his justice. In the other hadith, when a Bedouin came from outside Medina and told the Prophet that they saw the moon, the Prophet didn't check his, his justice. He didn't ask him even to make an oath. He told him, because he didn't know him, are you Muslim in other words or not? So he told him, I am, and he accepted it. So we don't need, I would say, we don't need even to uh, ask about all of these things. You don't need to have more than one witness. They don't have to be men or males. Majority, the big bulk of the Ahkam Sharia is built on Ghalabatuvan. Is not conclusive. What I think most likely is correct. What I think most likely is correct, it, it has room for doubt. It has room for one. And most of the ahkam are, uh, are from this, even if the evidence is from Quran. Okay. The scholars who interpreted many ayat, and they differed in their interpretation. 
that may, means that the understanding, their understanding is not qat'i. It is, uh, it is dhanni. Why it is dhanni? Because how can you make sure that this understanding is the absolute? So if it is dhanni, even if the, uh, they are using the ayah, uh, referring to an ayah in Al-Quran Al-Kareem, uh, still uh, the view which they extracted is not conclusive. It is, uh, it is dhanni. So uh, it's good enough to establish this, this, this testimony or this witness or this news. Did it create to you at this level? Hmm. Most likely it's correct. If it is conflicting again, the factual, uh, the conclusive uh, facts, no, it does not. It does not even create this level. So I will not take it. So that people should look at this from this perspective. And, and let me ask you about uh, one further question about the trustworthiness of a witness. Now, uh, we often hear that uh, the government of UAE or the government of Saudi Arabia or the government of Libya or, 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 or such uh, governments, they've announced the, uh, the Eid or the Ramadan and uh, they sometimes uh, attach it to a witness or sometimes they say we've made we've come to a conclusion that it's ramadan or eid and and we know as muslims that these governments are deeply untrustworthy in in their injustice and in their wars and and uh, their pillaging of of the muslim countries um can we you know can we trust these governments and uh, their um, uh, their testimonies i suppose when they uh, announce uh, the the new moon. If the testimony did not collide or did not conflict with the reality, then and you most likely thought that this, the testimony, that testimony, that report is is worth to be considered, then you take it again. Good enough to to, to reach this level. Is it most likely acceptable or not? Usually, with the problem with the Saudi reports, they don't look at it if it conflicts with the, re- the reality. And two, if one person came or two people came, they will announce. So that's what I said. You don't take it for granted, but rather, uh, is it consistent with the calculations or not? If it's not consistent, I will not take it. And, and on that subject, uh, we often give a lot of prominence to Saudi Arabia when it comes to uh, moon sighting issues. And... Um, Maybe it's because it's a place of of the holy sites, and it's the uh, it's the you know the place where we go to Hajj. Uh, is there a a, a special uh, a, a special place for Saudi Arabia when it comes to moon sighting for Ramadan and Eid? Well, first of all, the the special status is for Mecca as a qibla in the salah, not qibla in fast. So in my salah, I'll pray towards Mecca, whether I agree or disagree with the political authority there. But I don't have to take their fasting uh, report as binding. The fact that we perform pray there to, towards that direction doesn't give, uh, doesn't give it special status. So no, I don't have to give their testimony uh, in moon sighting uh, more consideration than any other place. If it is proven in uh, Arabia or if it is proven in any other area, as long as the evidence, the news is consistent with the 
conclusive data about the moon, meaning that I have no reason to reject it, then I'll accept it. Not because it is coming from Saudi Arabia or from Egypt, but rather because there is a news about moon fighting and it is consistent with the facts. So there is no reason uh, to reject it. Now, we've spoken about local and global moon sighting uh, from the perspective of accepting visa differences of opinion. But what's your view on uh, the, the strength of local versus global moon sighting? Yeah, we talked about it, uh, we touched it in general when we talked about the hadith of, Mu- of, uh, of Muawiyah and, uh, and Quraib. But also, the discussion goes beyond than that. When it says, it, it made it general, not for your sighting, but rather for its sighting. That's oh, another evidence. Third evidence, actually, the conjunction happens one time. There we have just one moon, and one earth and one sun. We don't have parallel moon or parallel earth or parallel sun that we know. Now, don't get into the parallel universe. That's I'm not talking about that. But the moon which we know is one. The sun which we know is one. The earth which we live in is one. So there will be one conjunction time. And the moon does not, the moon stages, the moon actually does not have more than one conjunction. The moon will not keep born every day, every minute. It will be born at one time. And it will keep rotating around the earth. And as it rotates, people will keep seeing it. So if I, by de facto, in the same day, some people in the earth will not be able to see it. This is very natural because it's young, young enough to be seen. It's not old enough to be seen, actually but young enough to say no, uh, no, no one saw it. When you insist on the next day, you are not seeing the first night moon. You are seeing the second night moon. So the walker, the reality of the moon and its movement and its orbit around the, the earth tells you that these sightings are one global and tells you for sure in three months, some areas in the world will not be able to see it. Next, next month, Maybe I'll be able to see it, and the other person in that place who saw it will not be able to see it. That, the reality tells you about Ittihad al-Mata'liq. But the problem with the proponents of Ittihad al-Mata'liq, first of all, they'll tell you it's not within our capability to unite. No, it is within our capability to follow the other opinion. They'll tell you it is like the Salah. You, you take Salah time based on your area, not based on other area. That's different. There's difference between fasting or seeing the moon and and the time of the prayer, and they fail actually to to tell us the the, the borders of a certain matla. So some people said, if the two areas share share uh, one time of a prayer, then it is one matla. Matla. You know there is overlap at times in places in terms of prayer. Some other people say no. If it shares part of daytime or night, then it is matla. It means that the whole world is one matla. Because uh, in, in London and in New York, you know, there is overlap in the daytime, right? There is a time in which in both in London and New York will be uh, daytime. So it is one matla. And uh, London and, and, and uh, Frankfurt is one matla. So how can you define the matla? It cannot be defined. Then 
the new with the birth of the nation state. Okay, now we have this definition: the the borders, the borders which are drawn by whom? By by the colonialists. So why do I have to consider Syria and Jordan different matla? Because they are different political entities. Why do I have to consider a person living at the Jordanian town of Ramtha next to the border and a person uh, living at, at Dir'a, the, the, the north part of the border, which is in Syria? Why do we have to ask him to fast in two different days? Because of we want to maintain the nation state borders. Unfortunately, I saw, I read a fatwa from Rabitat al Anam al Islami. Of course, it's a Saudi uh, organization. They were asked about uh, the Hajj, not about Ramadan. Uh, and they are telling them, follow your sighting. As if you, they don't want people to get united, you know. Although the Hajj is based on what's happening in Arafah, but still they told them, no, 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 just follow your own sighting. How, how can you tell them, give them such fatwa? just because you want to respect the nation state. They said in another statement, uh, because if we allow to say this, it will disturb the, the situation. No, it does not disturb the situation. You know, insist on the the Eid al-Adha is linked to the Hajj, and that's it. So these are some arguments the people, the proponents of local citing are using. So I'm strongly against the, the local sighting, uh, but I am uh, I understand the evidences of those who accepted the calculations, although I don't see it till now as a correct view. So when you say it's not a correct view, it's based on some evidence, uh, and so it's perfectly acceptable uh, for a Muslim to to believe other than you that uh, they have a, a stronger evidence. Yeah, um, and um, and one must respect that. Uh, but um, uh, yes. but your opinion is that uh, the global sighting is is more is stronger. Global sighting, yes, is stronger. And um, but when it comes to the calculations, I will give it cons- more consideration than the local sighting. That's all what I'm saying. But even even when it comes to the calculations, your view is that. The calculations are only there to help you to uh, to determine when to cite the moon, rather than to to determine when uh, we should start Ramadan. So we have to still cite it. Yes. Um, uh, but 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 as you said previously, there is a legitimate opinion that states that um, you can even calculate and and not have to yes. physically cite the moon. Yes. And one final question about this is really about um, the general Hijri calendar. And, and, and I suppose a, a challenge that Muslims face is uh, the lunar months is, of course, less predictable. Uh, and uh, one find, will find it very difficult to schedule uh, in, in this fast-moving world uh, when a month can be 29 or 30 days. Um, is there any way uh, that uh, is there a apart from calculations? But you know, your your view is that's not a, a strong view. Uh, but how do we uh, get around this problem? Because uh, of course, the 
you know, the Gregorian calendar is, is very predictable and, and one can sign contracts and, and determine, uh, you know, meetings well in advance. And, and um, uh, it's based on it's based on uh, on on quite in uncertainties. OK, when do we need the lunar calendar? In Sharia issues, as an example, actually, maybe in three or four issues in moon sighting. In, and moon sighting in Ramadan and Shawwal and Dhul uh, Hijjah only. And in the Zakah, you follow the lunar calendar every 12 lunar months and maybe some other one issue here and there. But what you can do is you have a calendar based on calculations. So in all other months, you follow your calendar. If whether you want to have it in this country or in that country. Uh, And but in, for Sharia purposes, you will have this, which makes it more stable. Now, there is nothing wrong now in following the Gregorian calendar and conducting our business. Of course, there is nothing wrong in that. You can do it because it is more stable. We know when is January, when is February. That's it, 5th of January. And the other areas, when you want to make reservations, They will do it based on the Gregorian calendar. Now, if you are following a lunar calendar based on calculations, that's fine using the calculations in other occasions other than uh, fasting and hajj. Because in zakah, even if you are, you don't have to follow the, to, issue, to give your zakah in specific day. That if you don't give it in that day, you are breaking the rules of the zakah. But I have to fast Ramadan in a specific day. I have to stand at Arafah in a specific day. So being specific is needed in the Hajj and in Ramadan only. It's, it's not needed to this accuracy, uh, to this level of accuracy in, in Zakah. So in Ramadan, I will distribute my Zakah. At the beginning, at the end, that's fine. No problem. Yeah. It, it doesn't. But uh, in other months, you have fixed months. Fixed calendar. So, if you want to, if you want to use lunar calendar, uh, you look at what day you want to do it. In fifth of, uh, as an example, uh, Rajab, want to have a conference, and you look at the fifth of Rajab. What is the lunar, uh, the calendar day, the Gregorian day for equal to the fifth of Rajab? Let's say the tenth of March. So you make your arrangements, you call your companies, you call your hotels to make reservations based on the, of course, 5th of March. Because it's not even, if you call uh, London, uh, Hilton, they, they don't have even the lunar months in their calendars. You know, so you follow the Gregorian calendar, that's fine. Great. And and actually, one, one very final question. Um, and it's really a general question about um, our our lack of unity and our disunity and and we we've spoken about a subject today which is uh, you know sometimes a deep wound in many uh, of the muslim communities and and uh, we are divided often on very small issues and and often on issues which are not worthy of uh, of division um and uh, you know sometimes there are issues to do with Um, you know, very small differences, differences of opinion. How do we navigate around this? How do we create a better sense of Muslim brotherhood, uh, especially at a time of, you know, at a time of a dire need? We are in a 
in a very uh, sorry state around the world. H- how can we uh, resolve this disputation over ikhtilafi issues? Yeah, I think by building the right frame, put it within certain frame and educate people about it. As an example, there are certain uh, things that are not subject for any uh, compromise or any negotiation. That, okay, the brotherhood. The brotherhood is a must. The unity is a must. But what does it mean? Another, which is part of this frame, which I talk about. Try to define areas where unity is must and areas where unity is not a must. In our history, as an example, we have the experience of the Mu'tazila and Al-Ma'moon. Al-Mu'tazila, they thought that they can impose their uh, views upon people by the power of uh, the Caliph, the Khalifa. And Al-Qadi ibn Dawood convinced Al-Ma'moon to impose uh, the Mu'tazila view. So that created conflict in this society because it reached to a level where they started, if you if they want, he will not be hired as a judge or, uh, or as an imam. That created division. Till now, we are intellectual division. Till now, we are suffering from. But at the same time, after, two, you know, we know that uh, Imam Ahmed bin Hanbal was imprisoned and was tortured, which, of course, shouldn't be the case. But later on, uh, another caliph came, I think Al-Qadir Billah or Al-Muqtadir. But another caliph came and reversed what Al-Ma'moon adopted, but also reversed it in a wrong way. So he issued uh, a declaration, Al-Watiq Al-Qadiriyah, saying this is our belief. And they started interrogating people also. If you believe, if you say that Quran is created, then you will suffer like what others suffered during uh, that period of time. So they were wrong then, and they were wrong when they issued the the Qadriya. This issue is a matter of Aqidah. The Khalifa shouldn't get into why, why does the Khalifa have to impose a Mu'tazila view upon people? People rejected it. They didn't accept that. But at the same time, how to educate people? People will not be educated by issuing a, a declaration uh, imposing contrary view. Educate people about this instead of dealing with it based on certain statutes issued by the government or by the judges. Uh, it reached to a level that not just Al-Mu'tazila versus Ahl-Sunnah, when Nizam al-Mulk wanted to build the Nizamiyya school, he built it and uh, appointed uh, an Imam al-Juwaini to be the, the head of that school, to educate people according to Shafi'i Madhab. Why? And Hanabila did the same thing. Why? There was a time in which uh, the, the the Hanabila in Baghdad acted like mobs. Uh, they attacked the, the house of Imam Jam- uh, Tabari because of a few little things. He didn't list Imam Ahmad bin Hanbal as one jurist. He listed him as one muhaddith. And he carried another view. That's why at one time, 
and Imam Ibn al-Jawzi uh, complained about this. He said Abu Ya'la al-Farra uh, actually tarnished the Hanbali school in such a way that the, the all ocean in the world will not clean the Hanbali school from the stigma that is attached to it because of Abu Ya'la al-Farra, which is the Tadseem. Tadseem when you attribute to God uh, human at, uh, attributes. So the, the point here, this is not an area where you have to unify all people. In the Ahkam Sharia, they don't have to follow the same view. If you are in a, hand, in a mosque and the one who is next to you raised his hand after the ruku', don't try to put his hand down. Or if he moved his finger index in the tashahud, don't try to uh, break his finger because of this, as what happens in certain times. Don't establish four jama'as in the masjid for every school. You know, there was, and, and, and I think till now, in al-masjid al-umawi, they established four jama'as for every salah. Hanbali, Shafi'i, Maliki, Hanafi. So we need to define which areas are needed to be uh, put as a central point we need to you know, be united around and which areas where we can have room for, for difference and start educating people about this and also even with this how Adab al-Ikhtilaf Dr. Taha Jabir Fayyad Alwani wrote a book Adab al-Ikhtilaf The Etiquette of Differences and even I think some, many others wrote about this even if I don't see your view at least do I see your point? That's, that's, that's very important. But don't look at it as black and or white. It's either my view or your view. No. Here we have what, is, what when we, they talk about uh, diversity and yes, alhamdulillah, Islamic fuku is diverse. And there is room for, to, to, to tolerate these opinions. That's why Shafi'i used to say, uh, my view is correct, but it can be wrong. And the view of the others is wrong, but it can be correct. And when he differed with someone on certain issue, he told him, okay, we disagreed on this. Can't we remain brothers after this difference? Of course they can. If we have difference, it doesn't mean I have to turn my back to you, to him or to her or to you, or each one of us will turn their backs to each other. This is division. Now we are dividing our religion. But if we have that frame established and we educate ourselves first and others about this, I, I hope that we can help in trying to, 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 to overcome these issues. Great. Jazakallah khair. Thank you for your time today, Ustad Iyad Hilal. Jazakallah khairan. Barakallah fiqh. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.